a few weeks ago in this um, emotional series of emotional health, uh, several weeks ago, I talked about the importance of each follower of Christ, each person who calls themselves a Christian, to actually uh, put feet to that, to our words and our proclamations, and actually start growing up. And I don't mean that in a uh, condescending way. I just mean we need to grow up because when we come to Christ and we're changed from life, uh, from death to life, from sin to newness and perfection, uh, we are, our purpose now is to reflect Christ in everything. And we do that by growing up and growing from our past and our sinful ways and sinful habits and hurts and hang-ups. Anyone in CR out there? And um, the truth of the matter, though, is in order to grow up, we need to take uh, the passage in Ephesians 4, uh, verses 12 through 16, seriously. We're going to read it in a moment, but we need to take this seriously to desire to look more and more like Jesus, because if we don't desire it, and we're not desperate to look like Jesus, we're going to look like the things that we're desperate for. We're going to look like the things that we desire. It's because that's what we pursue. That's what we invest in. That's what we focus on. And sooner or later, that's what we will become. And so our purpose is to look more and more like Christ. And so we need to address, if this is really what we want to become, like Christ, we need to address the roadblocks in our lives that keep us from growing spiritually and emotionally. Every one of us face road, uh, faces roadblocks in our lives every day that keep us from growing like Christ. Because believe it or not, there is an enemy. And he does not want you to look like Christ. He wants you to look like him, which is the world. And Romans 12 tells us not to conform to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're transformed into Christ. So can we read Ephesians 12? Just follow along with me. Um, this is talking about the church is wired with leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherds, and teachers. And their, their responsibility, my responsibility, Pastor Daniel's responsibility, uh, the E-Kids directors, uh, uh, Pastor uh, Jacob, I don't think he's here. He just graduated from Liberty yesterday, so we're so happy for that. Um, but we are here, and the leaders are here, to equip you, the saints. This is not some, like, some person we pray to. This is saints. The Bible calls us, all of us believers in Christ, saints. All the saints are going to be gathered one day to bow before the throne of God and worship forever and forever. That's the saints. And so for the work of the ministry, we're to equip you for the work of ministry, whatever that looks like in your own personal life, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith. So the body of Christ is all about growing into maturity, which one of those fruits there is unity. If you don't have unity, we may not be growing up in maturity in Christ. And then here's another fruit, the knowledge of the Son of God. Here's another fruit, the mature uh, to mature manhood. Well, what's maturity? What, like, what is that? It says, uh, it says it right here. To the fullness, the measure of the stature and fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro. How many of you have experienced church life with just a bunch of children? 
I've been there. Maybe we've even had some experiences here at Elevation. Oh, my goodness. Um, Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So the Apostle Paul is telling us today that we need to grow up. But in order to grow up like Christ, we need to address the roadblocks in our lives. And I don't know about you, but it's one thing to understand that we need to grow emotionally and spiritually, right? It's a whole different situation to actually apply it and make the needed changes. So this week I decided, you know what, Lord, what, what do you want to say to moms, to dads, to teens? What do, you, what, what do you want us to get as we wrap up this emotionally healthy uh, series? What do you want us to get out of this? And I felt like the Lord said, well, ask your people. And so I texted maybe about 10 to 15 people. And it was quite incredible because I want to thank those 15 because you prepared my message, my sermon. You wrote today's sermon. And so I developed a list, thanks to these 10 to 15 people, on the top five things to do if you don't want to grow spiritually and emotionally. Quite different message, but if you don't want to grow, then if you apply these five things to your life, I promise you, you will stay exactly where you are. How cool is that? <laughs> Again, I'm being a little sarcastic here. But I want us to understand that a lot of times we do the things we do is because that's what's important to us. And so if we don't apply the truth and we don't apply the change that we need, I hate diets, okay? I can you tell. Um, I hate diets is because everything within me doesn't want to do what I need to do. And so I have a choice to make whether to stick to the plan and know that the final results and how I feel in the end is going to totally outweigh the discipline that I need to put in the things that I need to sacrifice. It's just going to outweigh that. And so if you are like myself and really want to look more like Christ, really want to grow up spiritually and grow up emotionally and reflect Jesus more and more and more and more, you know it's a process, then what we need to do is we need to do whatever we can to avoid these five things and then do what the, Lord, the Word of God tells us to do. And so would you just pray with me real quick? Father God in heaven, I just pray you'd come and meet with us I thank you that uh, it's not by my strength, it's not by my might, it's not by my power. I am so, I am so inadequate and so weak, Father, before you. It's by your spirit, and I just ask that you would minister to each mom today, each father today, each man and each woman today, each boy and girl, and everyone who's listening online or live stream. Father, would you make us more like you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the five top, th uh, top things, the top five things to do to not grow spiritually and emotionally, and I have 17 minutes to do it. So let's do it. Let's go. Number one, by far, out of every response that I got, is this. What do you think number one is? You got it. Stay busy. Oh, it's on the screen. You cheaters. Come on. 
I'm done. No. <laughs> Stay busy. And I bet you, even though you cheated, you probably would have known that because you're going through that in your own life. How many honestly can just say, I am crazy busy? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm crazy busy. And here's what ABC News says. ABC News says this, not only are Americans working longer hours than at any time since statistics have been kept, but now they're also working longer than anyone else in the industrialized world. And while workers in other countries have been seeing their, hour, have been seeing their hours cut back by legislation, imagine that, focused on preventing work from infringing on your private personal family life. Americans have been going in the other direction. Now, I love our country. I'm proud to be an American. But we have a major problem. And the world tells us that the busier, the better. And Jesus tells us, come to me, all you who are busy and weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus' rest looks totally different than the busyness and your schedules that you're living. And here lies the obstacle for me and for so many of you in growing spiritually and emotionally is our schedules are so crammed tight that we have no margin for the unexpected that happens every day. Our schedules are so knitted together that we don't even have five minutes to breathe from lunch to going to the next thing. That's my life, and I need to change it. We're overcommitting, even though it's wonderful things, and they may be good things, but they're not the best things. And we're overcommitting, and we're wondering why we're worn out And we don't learn to say no. We say yes to everything. We can't keep up with the pace. We cannot keep up with the pace. Two weeks ago, I was in Atlanta for a conference, and I was in this session for pastors. And I tell you what, it was a wake-up call for me. Huge sirens going off everywhere. It's because they were talking about Jesus and a, a sustaining ministry requires a healthy spiritual leader and a healthy spiritual leader only comes from sitting at the feet of Jesus putting the first things first in your life God my wife my son my extended family then ministry then work and I've had it jumbled up so long and so I was reading a book and it just said take a personal assessment and inventory of your pace right now, of everything you have on your plate, of how many evenings you are working, how many 12-hour days, and how many weekends are you working and preparing your messages and stuff like that. How long do you think you'll be able to sustain what you're doing now? And I had to honestly answer probably two and a half years to sustain this pace. My life is crazy busy, and I need to start putting priorities and non-negotiables in my life. 
and I am making great changes in my life, but I tell you what, it's so difficult if you're like me to shut things off, to start to say no to the things that might be good, but your kid needs you right now to wrestle on the floor. Or your wife needs you to help with the dishes. And you've been working all day. Or your husband needs a back rub. <clears throat> Moving on. Have you ever thought, and I really want you to ponder this, have you ever thought that the people that you're being crazy busy for are actually the ones that are hurting and suffering the most. The people that you're being crazy busy for, the kids that you're taking them from sport event to sport event to sport event, and then maybe some more sport events, and concerts and stuff, none of that is wrong. But maybe the people in your life that you're trying to keep up with this crazy busy pace are actually suffering the most. What are we going to say when our kids grow up and out of the house? Are they going to want to leave and never come back because we were so crazy busy to focus on them? I'm just saying. Marriages and families takes time. Takes work. And husbands, in order to love your wives as Jesus loves the church, you need to spend time with Jesus before you spend time with your wife. Wives, in order to respect and help your husband and be that support that only you can be, you need to sit at Jesus' feet and you need to fill up your tank in order to give what your family needs. And so often I operate out of empty and I wonder why I'm irritable. I wonder why it's so difficult feeling overwhelmed and just pressed down, not able to come up for a breath of air. Feel like you can't breathe. And now, we're physically sick. And we don't wonder why we, can, we can't keep up the pace that we've been going. There's a problem. We're fatigued, we're irritable, we're impatient, we're discouraged, we're frustrated, we're depressed, and on and on and on. We don't have time to slow down. We don't have time to be still. We don't have time to refuel, and we wonder why we're crumbling. So here's the truth that I'm realizing, and I've talked to many of my brothers in this church, and I think many of them are, are agreeing with me. It's not God's fault that I am crazy busy. It's not God's fault that I am overcommitting to everything and anything. It's not God's fault that I'm feeling claustrophobic and I can't come up for a breath and I just can't keep on and I'm tired and I sleep eight hours but I still feel like I never slept. It's not God's fault that you're stressed and overwhelmed and anxious and even sick. It's not His fault. You know, so often we say, God, why have you given me this? I can't keep up. And he's saying, I didn't give it to you. You picked it up. We choose how to spend our time. We choose what we invest in. And here's three quotes from the people that texted in. Number one is this. 
Sometimes I think I commit too much, which makes it hard to keep my focus on what is important and to take the time to pray and talk with our Father. I will say I've been working on it, though, but it's hard. I just don't want to ever disappoint or let anyone down. I'd say being too busy with work, family, extracurricular activities, etc. I think a large portion of our culture glorifies staying busy and being important or involved. When you run hard 18 hours a day, it's hard to slow down and calm your mind enough to focus on spiritual, emotional growth. Can you relate? Now let's look at Jesus Christ, the Son of God in human form. He was never worn out, burnt out. He kept going. But he knew how to stop. And he knew how to rest. Even though he was so busy with the Father's work and advancing the kingdom of God and healing and doing miracles, and besides that, spending his life with 12 messed up guys who never got it right until he died and was resurrected and ascended. He was busy. But he was never Ever in a hurry. He was never stressed out. He understood the importance of rest and relationship with God the Father and those around him in his inner circle. Psalms 46.10 says it best, Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. The best Mother's Day gift you can give your wife today, men, is to give them 10 minutes to be still. Maybe close her eyes. Maybe go on the back porch. Maybe take a quick walk and be still. Ladies, return the favor sometime next week and allow your husbands to take a break and be still. And refresh. So if you don't want to grow emotionally or spiritually, stay busy. Very busy. Uncontrollably busy. And number two, continue to rely solely and fully on your own strength and your own emotions in every moment of your life. Not that emotions are bad. God has given us his emotions. He has blessed you with emotions. And he has blessed you with strengths and gifts and talents. And it's not wrong. But, as we learned at RLI this week, the problem lies in the position you give your feelings. The position you place your own strength and talents and gifts. When I grew up as a young kid, I lived and was completely directed by my feelings. Just, that's just how I trained myself. And it drove my thoughts, my beliefs, my actions. No matter what I was feeling, that's how I responded. And that dangerous lifestyle developed false identities that I had to, do, uh, to, to, to break through. And it took me almost 15 years to break through all of those false beliefs and false identities because I lived driven by emotions and operating in my own strength. Hmm. Our God-given natural emotions are not the problem. It's the position we give them. So ask yourself this question. 
are my feelings leading and driving everything I do? Or is it the Holy Spirit of God and His Word in my life leading my heart? So many of us are used to finding our identity in the recorder that we have in our pocket that we have played for years upon years upon years. And so whenever we need guidance or whenever we're stuck, we pull out that recorder and we listen to it. And so often and so many of us have this recorder playing the same old, same old lies that we have heard as a child or that we've learned to believe or that we were trained. I will never be good enough. You play that. I'm not attractive. I will never be as talented and successful as the person next to me. I will never be able to kick this addiction. I'm stuck. I'm screwed. I am way unworthy for such forgiveness and love. If anyone knew my past and what I've done, they wouldn't accept me. Have you had that in your recorder that you've pulled out? How many of us know that when you pull up to the gas station and you pour anything else in your vehicle that's not gasoline, your car is not going to function and work? And so is the same way of operating in our own strength and our emotions. Here's something that hit me, hit me between the eyes a couple weeks ago. There is only one Savior of the world, and Phil Nelson is not it. There's only one Savior. There's only one source of hope and strength and guidance and power that we can live by, and that strength is Jesus Christ. Are you living in His strength? Are you living through the Holy Spirit, directing you, empowering you, bringing you rest? Psalm 73, 96 says, My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Here's another quote from somebody who texted in. This is one thing that keeps me growing spiritually and emotionally. Old patterns, habits, things that I grew up with that seemed right but wasn't. Trying to do it in my own strength, which is wearing me out. I'm learning to talk to the Holy Spirit and ask him to please change me and to lean on his strength daily. And the unloving spirit we prayed against this last week hit so close to home for me. I needed to be free of it, and I think I've gotten bored because I'm not always experiencing things on a deep spiritual level, although I love Jesus. However, this person says, that's all about to change. And number three, if you don't want to grow healthy and emotionally, Stay disconnected from real relationships and real accountability. I promise you, you will stay stuck. Disconnected from the Father. Do you know that lack of intimacy with the Father, lack of intimacy emotionally, physically, sexually, and other godly relationships that you're disconnected from leads you to find that affection and comfort that only comes from godly fellowship and godly marriages, the sacred marriage bed, what happens is we go and we fill that void that's not being met in intimate relationship with the Father, with your spouse, and with other godly friends, sisters, and brothers, and we fill it with things that are temporal and that will never satisfy and leave us more empty than ever. And that is why pornography is such a huge issue in our culture. The number one cause of people dappling into pornography or the lust of the eye is lack of intimacy, not just physically, 
but emotionally and spiritually with the ones you love. Okay. So if you don't want to grow emotionally and spiritually, just stay disconnected from relationships, especially starting with God. However, if you do want to grow emotionally and spiritually, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, Jesus speaking. You are the branches. Remain in me. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it's that person that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Ephesians 5 says, take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes uh, visible. You need people in your life to expose those things that have been hidden in darkness for so long. Hebrews 10 tells us, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And so this next person who texted in says this, one thing that keeps me growing from, uh, uh, spiritually and emotionally is lack of deliberate, intentional, purposeful accountability. Lack of deliberate, intentional, purposeful accountability. Iron can only sharpen iron if there is some deliberate effort or pressure applied over a length of time. Knives jangling around together in a kitchen drawer are only going to become more dull. I have lacked someone to be close enough to me for an extended period to consistently challenge me and call me higher. I am only recently coming to understand this. It has given me pause about how I conduct my 222 group and how to make deliberate accountability more a part of what we do in that context. So you want to grow emotionally and spiritually. Stay connected to relationships and accountability. Number four, if you don't want to grow spiritually and emotionally, avoid loving yourself and accepting yourself at all costs. Don't love yourself. Whatever you do, don't go to the mirror and see yourself for how God sees you. Instead, focus on the flaws. Put that makeup on. Focus on your inadequacies. Focus on your shortcomings. Focus on your imperfections. If you do, I promise you'll stay stuck. It's an amazing thing. No. Um, however, if you really want to grow, then you need to love the person that God created. The person that God so incredibly, intricately, and uniquely made to reflect his nature and his beauty and his glory. That person that you see in the mirror is such a beautiful, studly, fearfully and wonderfully made person that reflects God's glory. When you look in the mirror, do you see God's glory around you? You should. Today, moms, when you go to the restroom and you look at the mirror, I want you to say, you're awesome. Seriously. You're hot. You're, you're an awesome mama. And start to believe it. Start to believe it. Can you see me in my mirror every day, Phil? You're a stud. All right, stay on, stay on track. Um, 
Psalms 139, verses 13. We're almost done. For you formed my inward parts. God, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Write that on your mirror. And don't forget it. 1 Peter 3, this addresses women. Your beauty should not come from your outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Remember who you are and love the woman and the man that God is forming and creating. One person texted in and said, this, this is my hang-up. Not having the ability or having lost the ability to love myself, which in turn affects me being able to receive love from God and from others and then to love God and others. It puts a giant wall around me and squelches the ability to grow emotionally and spiritually. Why take care of ourselves emotionally and spiritually if we don't love ourselves in the first place? Wow. And so if you don't want to grow, stay busy. If you don't want to grow, operate in your own strengths and your own emotions. If you don't want to grow, stay disconnected from real relationships and accountability. If you don't want to grow, avoid loving yourself and accepting yourself for who God has made you to be. And lastly, if you don't want to grow, remain unthankful. Stay unthankful. It will work, I promise, every time. Stay irritable. Have the right to be offended. Judge often. Despise others that are happier than you. Dwell in jealousy and envy and bitterness and resentment. Have a heyday with it. And that is one sure way to keep yourself from growing spiritually. Because the Bible says in James 3 that jealousy and envy lead to every vile and evil practice. Colossians 3.16, you want to grow in your worship? You want to grow in your worship, you got to be thankful. Colossians 3.16 says, um, I didn't write it down. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. You want to live a life not with anxiety? Be thankful. It says to be anxious for nothing but to be with God, present your request to God with thanksgiving. And then it says the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So you want to grow spiritually and emotionally? Stay thankful. Be thankful every morning you get up. Things aren't going well. Focus on the things that are going well. And praise God for it. And as the band comes up, I just want to leave you with three applications. Just three. Number one, if you want to grow spiritually and emotionally, number one, write this down. If you can, no one is. That's okay. I'll just talk. Thanks, Mike. Love you too. Develop a list of non-negotiables for your life. Non-negotiables. That means I'm going to be home by 7 p.m. I'm going to turn off my phone when I get home and I'm gonna be with my family. I'm sorry if you need me right now, but my son needs me. 
non-negotiable. This one's tough for me. The first 30 minutes when I wake up is God's. Period. Non-negotiable. Going to have a date night every week. Non-negotiable. I'm sorry. Friday nights you want to go out? I'm sorry. I'm with my wife. Date night. Whatever it looks like, maybe on your lunch break, a non-negotiable is I'm going to my car, I'm not going to talk to people, I'm not going to go to lunch with other people, and I'm going to sit and be quiet and focus on the Lord. Non-negotiable. You need to get some non-negotiables in your life because those non-negotiables help you say no. Second, speaking of just say no, this week, Elevation, is just say no week. And I want you to say no to everything possible that you can say no to that is going to get in the way of you and your family and you and your time with God. Just say no. Now, here's a disclaimer. If your kid is wanting to spend time with you, do not say no. If your wife needs your help with the dishes, do not say no. This is not a drive through to where you just get what you want. <laughs> Say no to the things that really, in the long term, don't matter. And last but not least, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I want you to take 10 minutes, guys, 10 minutes. 10 minutes to just be quiet and still. You don't have to read the word of God. You don't even have to be in prayer. Just take 10 minutes to be still and focus on the blessings in your life. Be still. Take deep breaths. Go do something that is relaxing. You owe it to yourself to be at rest. You owe it to yourself. Say no to the other things that allow you to not take that 10 minutes. And then here's the thing. Have somebody hold you accountable this week. Did you take 10 minutes? No, I didn't. Well, how about this? Take them now. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Let me pray for you. God, I pray that you would just move in a mighty way and that you would allow people to grow healthy spiritually and emotionally to reflect your son, Jesus Christ. May your amazing grace be experienced in us broken vessels, jars of clay, and I just pray you would teach us how to grow healthy. Teach us how to rest. Teach us to prioritize our life that is pleasing to you. You would teach us to operate in your strength and your authority and your ways. Teach us, O oh God, and help us develop relationships that draw us closer to you and not away from you. Father, Help us to love the person that you have created us to be. Give us confidence, just like Rebecca said earlier today. I am worthy. I am worth it. You are loved. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he never gets tired of saying, I love you. And if you get that down, church, then you will get the thankful part down because when you know you're loved, you can't help but be thankful.